Hello, my name is Jacob, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Folk Podcast. And this week, we have no guests. We are just going to have a nice casual conversation about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, when you're watching this, the game has already come out. So this episode will be coming out um, after the fact. So this is kind of our thoughts going into it, um, our expectations, what we hope to, uh, hope to see within it. But also, we want to try to talk about Viking representation within media or pagan, Norse pagan re representation in media. Um, so it's just myself, Ian, and Sher today. Baker is sadly stuck at work. Um, and like I said, we decided not to have a guest. Uh, so we're just going to have a nice casual conversation about um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and even the Barbarians TV show that just came out, um, along with, you know, perhaps a little bit more Vi a Viking TV show, which we've covered pretty extensively on the podcast, um, but perhaps other things like God of War or, you know, Crusader Kings 3, which is a game I enjoy, um, or any other media content on Norse paganism. But this is normally where I say without further ado, here's our guest, but it's just us three today. So say hi, guys. <laughs> Hello, everybody. What's up, everybody? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very excited to kind of talk about this because it is a it's a relatively regular um, gateway, I would say, for a lot of people to jump into Norse paganism or to start like you know start their journey or start doing more research into it. Because I mean, Vikings the history uh, the History Channel TV series has been going on for six seasons, so that's you know roughly about six years worth of of a show that people have been watching. I mean, I personally watched it and enjoyed it. Um, you know, and I've talked to quite a few individuals that have, you know, that was initially their gateway into North Paganism or just, you know, the Viking culture as a whole. But I, I think, I think there is a lot of misrepresentation for quite a few things. I don't like Vikings is a lot more like the dramatized, you know, like glorifying of like the battles and, you know, the aesthetics of it. It doesn't, for me, I didn't. It doesn't touch too much on uh, on the actual religious aspect to on it too much. Like there's a few, there's a few episodes without spoiling anything where they do they do have some uh, more of a religious aspect to it, but it's up. It's very few and far in between. I would say. I think the, it, my my main problem with a lot of Viking media is the over romanticization of human sacrifice um that because that's something that you know vikings had very early on and it's something that you know um they brought back in season four after the death of ragnar oh sorry that's a spoiler oh well if you haven't watched vikings <laughs> that's well if you just google ragnar you know he dies of course he dies <laughs> well, I mean, even his story like if you just know anything about the myth of like ragnar Lord, you know how it ends but oh no i was just gonna say yeah vikings definitely i think kicked it off like for the modern, like our modern era we had with television and stuff like that. And I think that was the catalyst to how a lot of people got into the faith, you know, or started delving into researching. Because uh, I remember watching Vikings and I remember thinking this is a great TV show. And especially like Athelstan, I was could I can especially relate to him now more so than I did whenever I watched it. Um, but then, you know, like you said, God of War and these other uh media uh, definitely they play a role and they play a, a part uh as much as we don't like it especially me me and a big thor follower like marvel thor like yeah chris hemsworth like you know loki yeah, just media has definitely in the last few years made vikings more like like our gods and then the culture more of a spotlight than any other place and that includes greek or roman yeah so you know one of the reasons i wanted to have so much coverage of assassin's creed valhalla um and even you know talking about it now on the podcast um is quite frankly there's no way to avoid this topic but it's the fact that vikings are in right now that is the in media and it's like yeah we can attest some of our belief and some of our you know liking of this and maybe our entry points into this however you know obviously we're following the religious aspects we have to explore what is beyond that media um, and that's something that a lot of people are going to be having a lot of questions on, especially with Assassin's Creed Valhalla coming out with Barbarians coming out, you know, the week before that, you know, a lot of people are beginning to ask those questions. And so, you know, something I want to, you know, give to a lot of our, you know, viewers that have been in the faith for a long time, because I feel like there is this stigma around people that have come into the faith through these media outlets. Um, and, you know, we can either let them just keep thinking that, you know, Vikings were just these bloodthirsty human sacrificing people, it's glory or Valhalla and all these stereotypes we want to avoid within the community, 
or we can take it upon ourselves to help these people because they are interested. They're feeling a call and we cannot deny that. So we can take up the torch and we can show them, hey, this is actually how the faith is. Now, not every single person is going to continue. You know, some people be like, oh, no, this isn't all about Valhalla. I'm out. But at the same time, we, we as practitioners of this faith have a duty to stand up for these people and to show them how, we're, you know, not even how we're supposed to do things, but kind of show them how we have done things in hopes that we can teach them something. Definitely. Oh, especially like with you with being an Odin follower uh, and knowledge and everything. That's where you, like, I believe you and several other people who I know follow Odin really will shine as whenever those times come, these people who are brought through these media and entertainment, you know, that's, it's up to us to like, Hey, look, yes, that does look cool on TV, but, and yeah, our ancestors did make human sacrifices, but that's not how we worship the gods today. Yeah. And I think, I think like what you were saying, a lot of it is it focuses on too many of like the, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like the, uh, glorification. Yeah. There we go. Like the glorification and just the overall, like, fantasy of you know dying in battle and all of that kind of stuff and it, it you know like you said Jacob like that's not what this is about you know and it's trying to steer people away from that stigma of that's all this what this is about and I know kind of diving into what I know about um Assassin's Creed Valhalla is that I know that there are going to be certain points before major battles and fight scenes that you actually go to particular points in the game and on the map where you make an offering to the gods, whether it's a specific god or not, I'm not 100% sure. It was just something that I happened to see in a gameplay um, trailer, but I know that there is going to be some sort of, uh, you know, brief little touch on the gods themselves, you know, I'm not, whether they're going to be, like I said, actual deities that you are making an offering to or just an overall, like, offering before going into battle i just know you from what i've seen is you go to particular like waystones and you know it's like a it's just a, a mechanic that you do ahead of time but i am curious to see how deep they go into it as far as bringing the gods into the gameplay and everything like that besides just you know raiding and pillaging and fighting and everything like that you know which is what a lot of people think when they think of vikings or just norse uh norsemen in general well, if uh, Odyssey and uh, Origins or anything to go off of, the gods are definitely going to be in there. Maybe even going to the nine, one of the nine realms or multiple nine realms, because if you played Odyssey, then you know you get to go to uh, Hades and Elysium and Tartarus. So, and you do get to fight some of the gods. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that because you know you're supposed to be immortal, but whatever. Yeah, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up in this, and this is why I do love the podcast, is it allows me to get a little bit like whimsical with ideas. You know, YouTube, I have to be very crisp and to the point. Like, I don't want to ramble on, but I'm going to ramble on. Um, so one of the things that I really hit me yesterday, I was watching Beowulf again for the first time, like the 2007 animated movie. Um, and it got a lot of mixed reviews and it did not do well in the box office. But it's still, it was a time before um, Viking TV show came out. And you can really see the evolution of pagan representation in media because there was very little in Beowulf. Um, you know, even though it took place in 563 AD, you know, um, Denmark, they mentioned like Odin like two or three times. They would just passingly say like, oh, Odin be praised. Oh, Odin, you know, Odin be with you. And then even halfway through the story, they end up just like silently converting to Christianity. And it's like, oh, wait. That doesn't make sense. Like that wasn't really happening in Denmark in 560 AD anyways. Like wait, what's going on? So it's like, you can tell that the media was still like being very watered down about paganism. Um, and then even past that, like you look into the past, like you can't really find any other content where, you know, the gods were taken seriously in any way. I remember the, I forget what year it was made, but there was a Viking show made back in like the 60s or 70s. Maybe it was the 80s. I can't remember the name, but it was like the guys were all wearing like, you know, short shorts and, you know, they the, like main character like lost his eye. I think his name was Sigurd. Um, and even then, like the most you got was someone comically saying like, hail Odin. And then like, that was it. Like that's all the representation of the gods you got. Did they, did they have horn helmets too, Jacob? I don't actually think they had horned helmets, but the costumes <laughs> were absolutely ridiculous. It was just, it, it was ludicrous um so you know looking at the vikings tv show like yes they get some things wrong but if you look at like the progression of pagan representation in media it was a huge step 
And it really paved the ways for things like The Last Kingdom. It paved the way for, um, you know, barbarians just coming out. And here we are with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you are physically playing a game where you are going to be giving an offering to the gods in a virtual world. That's insane. How far things have come since 2013 years ago, 2007 Beowulf. Like, that's a lot of progress in a really short amount of time. Um, so I am very excited for Valhalla to come out. I'm very excited for the representation that is going to be within it because it is a huge step in pagan representation in the modern world. One thing that like I've, I've found it was kind of funny and also interesting at the same time, and I know quite a few people who have given this TV show a try, um, you know, and didn't like it, oh. uh, would be Norseman. Norseman. Oh. So as much of a goofy satire show as it is, Surprisingly, I was impressed with um, how some thorough his, like, they were. Yeah, the historical accuracy to a certain degree that there was. And when you do a little bit more research into the cast and the directors, they are all of like Scandinavian descent, whether it's from, you know, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Denmark, like they all have that general, um, you know, ancestry. So they actually, they took it, certain aspects of it, you know, with the, um, with the gods and some terminology and just practices and yes they turned it into a super goofy stupid tv show but at the same time like if you really pay attention to it and look past some of the you know the silliness and the comedy of it it kind of makes you think like oh like they took this relatively serious or they knew what they were doing either they did the research or they you know whether they actively practice north paganism or not you know they their attention to detail was was pretty on point for quite a few things but I, I was pleasantly surprised as well as I found it pretty hilarious I like dry humor like that so you actually are the reason why I watched that show <laughs> you're welcome I just I'm not, I just I'm wish you, dry humor myself yeah I, I just <laughs> wish you would have told me to start with season three instead of season one then like I'd been golden with it but no he didn't yeah it's yeah it, to me it, it is interesting to see like the progression like you were saying Jacob because you know Vikings definitely paved the way and then like you said you have you start getting tv shows like the last kingdom you know that start hitting the historical accuracy a bit more but that's you know it's not so much focused on the the actual worshiping of the gods so much as it is the historical battles and individuals that were involved and then i was well their really lifestyle impressed. too yeah yeah the lifestyle exactly i was I was extremely impressed and with how uh, the Barbarians Netflix series uh, turned out to be, because that's more, that focuses on old Germanic paganism and the, just the attention to detail with that was, I was impressed. I was very, very impressed. Like they, it, there was very few things that I noticed as far as the paganism part, part of it that I questioned a little bit, but other than, like I was, I was just impressed with that show. I binge watched the entire six episodes; they're all an hour long in one sitting. Like I couldn't stop watching it once I started. You're welcome. Like as soon as I watched the show, I was like, "All right, I gotta let the community know." Like, watch it. Like that's what I, first thing I did. I think was texting him. Like, have you watched Barbarians yet? He's like, "No." I was like, "Watch it. Watch it now," um, because you know. I know we focus more on the North side, but like for those who are like fans of Roman history, the Latin is pretty much on par with the, the Latin in the period they spoke. You have the mismatch armor from the Roman soldiers. They're not all copy and paste looking the same from the different eras and stuff that the Roman soldiers would have inherited or bought from their uh, families and with their pay. Uh, the centurion, uh, armor was great the the robes like I, I just the little details that, that they had in there i really liked the one flaw the one flaw of the details is the stirrups on the horses rome did kind of have like stirrups for saddles and stuff like that but not the design that they were using well if that's the only flaw you have that's pretty darn good <laughs> well i mean it's something that a lot of people don't roll no but like the, the stirrups design they're using was more of a mongol type thing whenever they invaded Rome uh so it was much later than whenever that time period but uh and then if you look at the Germanic aspect of it 
yeah, we could say, well, we don't know if they wore the bike paint or the bones and stuff like that in the armor, but the language is Germanic language. They use is perfect. The, uh, their clothing, their average clothing tools, uh, villages, is the dang near perfect, you know, the meat drinking, the, the feet, the little halls and all that, like their diet, uh, the thing, the all thing like we have and stuff like that in the discord, the thing that was perfect and on, on point, uh, just, they really took their time and like looked in the details and the story books from what, uh, Grammaticus, I think he said his name was in that book. Tacitus. Tacitus. Yeah. What he wrote about them is pretty spot on. Um, like Ian said, they did use the Germanic name gods the entire time. So you have Woden, Dolnar, you know, and those gods. It's, it's, they paid really good detail. And then like, the storytelling took a hit. But, I mean, you got to tell a good entertaining story to keep people engaged. So one thing I was going to bring up since we're on the you know Germanic side of things, uh, a shout out to someone on YouTube because they are doing an amazing thing, which only a few people have done. They I forget what video they watched first, but they enjoyed the content so much. They're like, I'm going to start watching you from episode one all the way up to where you are now. So I've just been and they've been commenting on every video they go through. So it's been kind of fun to watch. Uh, but they made a comment and they just got to Germania today, actually. So I want to read their comment. Uh, their, their name is Uncharted Atlas on YouTube. So thank you so much for doing all that. But their comment was, I love that you recommended this book um, with Germania. A couple of fun facts from an ancient history student. Scholars have argued that Germania was written by Tacitus as a critique of the Roman Empire, which I also agree with, but disguised as a history of the Germanic people. It's also really cool to think about the historical perspective, the fact that Tacitus was also a pagan out of a Roman Greek kind. So we actually have a source that doesn't specifically come from Christian hands. And I actually really agree with that. Um, like having a source that isn't Christianized in any way, like this is a pagan source. Like, yes, it's a different form of paganism, but still it's like, it's so it's a breath of fresh air to have a, a written source of information on, you know, the basis of this religion on our very early form of it that came from someone that was a pagan. Oh yeah, because I mean the Romans they did you know take over the Greek gods. You can, there's been arguments made where Greek conquered Rome, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, he was pagan. He worshipped you know uh, Mars and uh, Jupiter and these other deities. So him in going to the Germanic god you know cultures and then hearing them talk about Woden, Donar, and these other gods, but he could relate to them and to some degree because you know the many gods and he was that's just another part of his culture it, it wasn't like a christian going in there to crusade and tell them you know no that's not right there's only but one god you know uh, yeah I, I agree with that like aspect of it because it, it with specifically with barbarians show historically it does show it's like you, you were saying with that book it is like a more of a critique of the roman empire and um i feel like barbarians did a good job at I wouldn't necessarily say making the Romans the bad guys, but it does kind of show their gradual um, abuse of Germanic tribes and, you know, essentially just the overtaxation and just like the gradual, um, you know, just the way that the Roman Empire worked in that time frame without, like I said, making them necessarily the bad guys, but just kind of showing the the day-to-day -day things that the Roman Empire did to more of the Germanic tribes and the other you know, pagan tribes that were in that area that they were conquering at the time, where it was just like, you know, the level of oppression that they were putting on these people to obviously cause them to start revolting and everything like that and fighting back. But it is interesting, yeah, that the book is essentially a critique because that show does a very good job at it. It's showing both sides to each, um, you know, party that's involved with that event and everything like that. And it's, yeah, I, I just think it was a really well, well done job historically. Well, uh, to, to comment on that, Ian, like you were saying, yeah, uh, it showed the Romans how they thought. Romans thought if it wasn't Roman, it was wrong. And so that that's the way that they were going because they found evidence, uh, you know, of different found, uh, towns and stuff like that Rome was trying to do. Rome was trying to make Ger Germania Roman. So that's why they were so oppressive and everything like that. They wanted to make them Roman. They wanted to get over. They would pay taxes. They would be used to following uh, change of commands and orders, kind of like when Rome conquered Greece and, you know, parts of Egypt and stuff like that. Well, the people there were already used to taxes, you know, supplying goods and all this that, and the other. Whereas when you go to the Germanic pagans at that time, 
they lived off the land. You know, they had their sheep, their huts, and they worked and, and did things to survive. They weren't paying taxes, you know, except for what they gave their chieftain or whatever as payment for, you know, the protection or whatever was going on there. So, and that's, that's what I really liked about the aspect too, is the history. Like they did a really good job with the history. Yeah. And, um, I remember like, I'm assuming a lot of the, the question of, uh, Tacitus like critiquing Rome is when he refers to the Germanic people as being free. He's like, they're the, like, you know, I forget exactly how he puts it, but he basically says like, they are the most free people. You know, they don't have any like worldly issues besides what they're, you know, how they're feeding themselves, how they're protecting their family. They don't have to worry about this, you know, these politics and this, you know, Republic and this overbearing, you know, eyes on you, you know, because they're all equals. And, and of course, like he was talking about like their women, he's like, their women are fierce and like, they, they can also like overturn the man and like put over the men's uh, opinions and that women were the most spiritual people. And he was just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely it felt more like a backhanded compliment in a way. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's ultimately, I think everyone's goal. It, we, most of us here in America, we, we believe that anyways, it's freedom, you know, and that's what the Germanic people were. They were not beaten. They were not submitted to anything. They were in little tribes and living life the way they wanted to live life, following our gods. And that's just what he's seen and what he commented on. And that's what I think barbarians did a good job of. And I hope Assassin's Creed Valhalla does. I mean, I've seen the trailer where, you know, it shows them running into like ransack the city or whatever, but then it turns around and it shows them with their ch their children. And that's what, you know, that's how it was. They would, they would go obtain wealth to sell, to provide for their family. And they would be family people, you know? Yeah. And well, one thing that I've noticed, you know, that I think where that misconception of all Vikings did was raid and pillage is because that's the, you know, that's the, the exciting part of, you know, the Viking culture, but very like surprisingly not a lot of people know that like those people that went out on raids and stuff like that, they were farmers. You know what I mean? Like there's very few dedicated soldiers so to speak in you know the viking culture it was primarily you know they they did their farm work and everything like that and then yes they would go out during specific seasons to go and raid but for the most part you know, they were just normal commoners you know for a better for lack of a better term where they primarily focused on agriculture whether it was farming animal raising blacksmithing you know leather work things like that and if, i feel like um vikings the tv show vikings did a relative like did actually a really good job because it kind of shows you know at the beginning of you know season one it's ragnar is just nothing but a, a simple humble farmer with ambition you know what i mean and that was a very common thing for most of the people in that time period was they primarily focused on agriculture and farming and then yes they did go on raids and things like that but it wasn't all the time it wasn't their primary focus in life you know they didn't necessarily spend their entire life dedicated to doing that which is i think where a lot of people uh get that that over you know that over glorified fantasy of oh vikings did nothing but battle and fight and drink and pillage and raid and all that kind of stuff you know i i, I think a lot of people either fail to understand like this is what they did for the most part or they just completely ignore it and don't believe that that was a thing you know and well and not to mention just the viking age was such a small part of you know scandinavian and you know the space history i mean it was yes a 300 year period which is great you know it's like wow the united states hasn't been around 300 years so the viking age lasted longer than the united states has been around which is a really crazy thought to have um so it was a huge chunk of time but i mean we have records going all the way back to like 8000 bc of like these ancient gods in germany all the way up to like i think one of the earliest records i could be wrong on this but i remember in like neil oliver's book talking about sweden like you know there was people in sweden you know in about a thousand you know B, uh, bc you know still doing things there and another part of that which is really interesting is the fact that sweden was always kind of a trade hub it, ever since it would existed like it had been trading with places like greece and egypt because they found evidence of um like chariots being depicted on like tombs like I think it was in uh, in Gotland, um, there is a tomb that has chariots depicted on it, and so it's like really fascinating that Sweden was this interesting hub of trade, and it's mostly the Norwegians that actually did most of the raiding itself because they didn't have that trade, they didn't have that wealth that Sweden had, 
And so, and the agriculture is not great in Norway just because of this very short growing season. So they were kind of forced to look into elsewhere, like, okay, how are we going to become wealthy? You know, we can't be the Swedes, so what do we do? And they started looking West and that's where they found their wealth. Um, and even then it's like, that took a lot of time to get to that point. You know, what was, what was the rate on Lindisfarne 763? Yeah. I mean, and, and, I think so. And then, like, you know, they just didn't build long ships out of nowhere. Like, they were just waiting for Rome to fall. And then, like, all right, Rome's gone. Let's go, you know. Um, but in most of the Viking text we have is written by Christians, too. So they're ne- they're going to put us in the negative light or, like, that culture in the negative light. What is it? The Is it the Andals in the, uh, England that write about the Vikings or is that the Chronicles? Which one is it? Uh, I want to say the Andals. I but don't quote me on that. Yeah. But, well, yeah. whichever way the English recorded the Viking raids and things like that, it was only recording when they won. <laughs> like they only yeah, wanted it, to talk it, about when there was an English victory, not when the Viking there was a Viking victory. Well, and not only that, but like I mean, a lot of it was recorded afterwards, kind of like our poetic edda that we read, you know, as Norse pagans. It was written after the Viking age. Uh, they because the Vikings didn't write nothing down. It was mostly due to oral. You know, they did. There are stones and stuff like that we found, but a lot of their stuff was passed down orally. But yeah, to, uh, to bring it back to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, what are you guys expecting going into it? Ian, are you picking it up? I can't. I don't remember if I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be picking it up. Um, for one, it's been a while since I have played an Assassin's Creed game. The last one that I played was Black Plague, like that I actually really enjoyed. Um, but going into it, I, I am planning on going into it with a very open mind and very, you know, I'm trying to not watch as many potential gameplay trailers and things like that. Um, I, just from what I have seen, I do have some relatively high hopes for the cultural aspect of it. Um, Like I said, just from what I've seen from some of the short trailers and everything like that, it does seem like it's going to focus on both sides of, you know, the rating part of you know that that culture and then also the agricultural side because if i'm not mistaken from what i've seen there is like a um a farmstead i think is what they yeah call yeah farmsteaders three yeah something along those lines where you have like a villa or like a village in this case where you know you have to focus on being able to run a village and you know that that aspect of the, agri- the agricultural side of it um as far as historical accuracy, I mean, we'll, we'll see Assassin's Creed has a tendency to kind of throw out their own lore and, you know, things that they've well, created. Well, they, they got to do that, bro. Yeah. I mean, and they got to keep it, keep it close to the lore. Yeah. And I understand that to a certain degree, but I am, I'm, I'm hoping they kind of take a little bit of a backseat with their own deities that they have created, you know, and their own lore behind some of the other Assassin's Creeds and leave it a little bit more focused on the Viking age and Norse paganism and kind of keep it in that aspect more so than taking something, you know, and leading you on to like, okay, cool. This is relatively historically accurate. And then out of nowhere, they throw a whole new being that they created, you know, for the game and everything. It's just like, wait, what is going on right now? Like, this is not, you know, this it is confusing with the timeline. Um, I'll but- just go play Odyssey and you can fight Hades. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert for those who haven't played Odyssey, you get to fight the Greek gods. <laughs> yeah, that's that is I don't know. I, I'm going into it hoping that they they keep stuff very historically accurate and with the paganism aspect of it, I hope they they did their research. I'm really, really hoping they did a lot of research in how things were done. Um, just because from some of the short little clips, like the actual um release trailer and everything like that like they show you know a ritual being performed and everything like that in front of a massive idol statue and things like that so it's i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping they did their research but i'm going to go into it with a very open mind and and try to not uh try to not let the videos and stuff like that like influence me in any way or i'm trying to like i said go into it completely blind but i i i just i just hope they did the research that's my biggest thing with it 
Yeah, with like Odyssey, you know, they did have like the religious aspect, like they had temples and things like that, and they showed people worshiping, but the main character themselves never actually participated in the religion in any way. So it's a very interesting, again, progression that we see in this game. All of a sudden, you can see you can participate in the religion. So that's an interesting progression. And I wonder why, in a developer's mind, they made that change. You know, what are they, or is it for gameplay? Is it really adding to the gameplay to give offerings to the gods? Or is it just be becoming, you know, more common? Like, oh, you want to give offerings to the gods? Great. You know, I guess my question is, why this game? Why now are we having a game where you can actually give an offering to the gods? Because well, I've never seen that before. Yeah, and I think what that has a lot to do with is the the massive rise in paganism coming back. Um, and primarily Norse paganism, I feel like, is becoming, is one of the top, you know, returning forms of paganism, um, and just like that Viking era and that that cultural um, aspect, and I think that's I think that's why they're doing it. I think they're they're slowly accepting that this is becoming a more of a regular thing, and that this is actually something that is practiced on the regular. I mean, you know, you have what eleven thousand people now subscribed to YouTube. Like that's a that's not a small margin. Twelve thousand. You know? 12, there you go, 12,000. Yeah. It, it'll be 12,000 by the time this episode comes out for sure. <laughs> nice. But yeah, like, so you, there awesome. you go. Like, you have, you know, your YouTube's been up for barely over a year. You had about 12, almost 12,000 people. Like, it's very obvious that this, this way of life, this way of worshiping is becoming more and more prominent and people are becoming a lot more open about it. And having talked to quite a few people, you know, kind of about their opinion on why this is happening. Uh, one of the best answers that I have received and heard somebody talk about is there's there's not so much a fear of the church anymore. You know, like back in that time, like that era where the, the you know the church was the main power, essentially, like kings answered to the church. You know what I mean? Very prominent rulers answered to the church. The church had a tremendous amounts of power, tremendous amounts of money because they could literally just be like, okay, cool, you don't agree with us. Well, now you're you know, a heathen, you're nothing. You're, you're yeah, nothing. you're dead. Right. Exactly. They could order your execution without, you know, a second glance and it would be carried out where obviously right. now in the modern era, you can't just do that. You know what I mean? So that, that overall, you know, thousands of years worth of, of fear of the church has gone away. And I think that's where a lot of people are going back to their original roots of their ancestors and, you know, exploring something that makes, that feels more real to them and so, it's not so forced. You wanna hear my theory on it, which is why I think there's offerings in this game. So looking back at Rome, which, you know, the United States is kind of just a blueprint of what is happening in Rome, which, you know, we all know where that's going. Um, but, Definitely, uh, <laughs> I 100% agree with that. Statement. Yeah, but what, what brought down the Roman religion was a cult religion, which was Christianity. And now we have this cult religion, which is paganism coming back to take down the Christian empire, which is the United States. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> and I say take down government, not in the way of violence. I'm just saying that we're taking over your world religion. Okay, goodbye. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with what Christianity did is, yes, when Christianity first came into Rome, you could be executed for being a Christian. And that was very prominent for a very long time. But what started happening as more, more people started practicing underground, more people in prominence became Christian. And they slowly started getting higher and higher up in office in secret. And then, yeah, it looks like you want to say stuff. Go for it. Go for it. Well, sure. I, I was just going to say uh, the reason Christianity got as big as it did is because a Roman emperor's mother converted to Christianity and she raised him Christian. So when he became power in, in the throne, he's like, I want to get rid of all the pagan gods. This is the God. And at that time, he had all the power. What are you going to do? You, you, you defy him, he's just going to have his Praetorian Guard kill you. So all the statues of uh, all Mars and Jupiter and, uh, you know, all, Pluto and all these other gods got taken down, broken and destroyed. And then Christianity became prominent. Then he, you know, he helped establish the churches and everything like that in Rome. And then that's whenever they went on their big crusades to take over. So I guess that brings me to my question is who in Ubisoft is a Norse pagan? That's my question. Who's like secretly a pagan or openly a pagan? That's just like, hey, by the way, guys, wouldn't it be like really cool if we did offerings in the video game? And everyone's like, why? Or no, they're French. They'd well, be like, pourquoi? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, 
to me, I see it like this is uh, Vikings TV show started it all right. So like, and you see in the Vikings show that they made offerings. So we don't see that in any of the Greek shows. Like you have uh, what is it with Troy, the uh, uh, Odyssey that that whole movie and show. The only thing we've ever seen pop culture wise out of like the Greek or Roman where they made offerings and sacrifices to the gods is Percy Jackson. Like that's it. And it was at once with the brazier at the food thing. But in just about all the Viking media you see nowadays from the Vikings on, they do talk about the gods. They do make offerings to the gods. So that's, I think, more ingrained in that mindset when you think of the Vikings than you do with, like, the Greek pagans and stuff. And if you are a Greek pagan and you listen to this, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying you don't make offerings and your gods are not important, but, like, it's just not ingrained in pop culture. Right. And I think giving given the the vast amount of different peoples that are involved in ubisoft specifically revolving around any of the assassin's creed games i mean you have multiple studios that are helping to i think create like these 12, games yeah six, something like that it's a lot of the world so you have a, a vast majority of people that are talking to historians um talking to people that either practice that or have, you know, live in that culture or have a good amount of knowledge into it. So it wouldn't surprise me that either, you know, they have somebody in one of their many studios and their many employees that are actual Norse pagans, you know, and they, whether they had anything to do with it, you know, it's neither here nor there, but it's a very good possibility, you know, like it with that many individuals of different cultures and different backgrounds that are coming together to make a game. And then the amount of historical research that they do actually do before you know releasing these games and, and the process of making them, it wouldn't surprise me that either they came across people that were active Norse pagan or they have individuals in the studios that are Norse pagan that, that kind of came out about it or they were you know openly uh, openly talked about it. So it it really wouldn't surprise me at all. It's such a big studio across the world that. It just, it really would not surprise me one bit if they had a, a developer or a story writer or something like that, that was Norse Pagan and they were like, I'm gonna sneak this in or they were very open about it. Dr. Jason Crawford. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, you know, that's gonna be the next point I bring up. You know, it yeah. goes without but, saying that like Crawford's involved in this, um, but also yeah. Andrew Selvig, you know. Yeah, big, big names in our like community and stuff are involved in it and they probably, they probably wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like this is actually how it's just like to some person that they were dealing with, and then they probably brought it up to their boss. Say, hey, you know the expert we hired to do this is what he said. You want me to put that in the game? <laughs> you know, I mean, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Just, just saying. You know. Well, it's like Einar Selvig has never come out and said like. I am a Norse pagan. I am a heathen. I believe in the old gods. But like, you know, he does. Like, you just know from, you know, hearing him talk that, that he knows. You've seen him sing on top of a burial mound in Sweden or Norway or wherever it was. Like, he is obviously into it. Um, so it's like, even having his music there is just a little bit more of a sprinkle of realness into the faith. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's that's one thing I think is, though, like, like Ian said, was the historians and the experts. And it, like I said, Vikings and all these other new Viking media we see, you do see them make offers to the gods. You do see them toast to the gods and talk about the gods, like in Barbarians. Um, and that's ingrained in the pop culture. Whereas, like, with the Greeks, you you just know Achilles, Hercules, you know, like, the gods pop up and they talk with them and then they leave. One interesting thought, you know, kind of what you brought up, Ian, is how people aren't scared of the church as much anymore. That's something that's interesting about the media representation of pagan stuff. Because before it was always like, here's some pagan stuff, but by the way, that doesn't really work. Like it would show it not working or it would show it failing. But now we're starting to see in media where they do pagan stuff and it works. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a big switch. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, I've noticed that as well with like what you were saying, like you look at some older um, media uh, back, you know, let's say like in the early 90s or something like that, like actually one that kind of popped into my head when you were talking about the show that you were trying to remember that was back in like the 70s, 80s, was um, the movie with Antonio Banderas, The 13th Soldier. 
like that that movie primarily focused on you know norse vikings you know that that time frame but like it they really it would all it did was fantasize and glorify the dying in battle and the actual fighting aspect of it and it's been a while since i have watched that movie and so i don't really remember if there was too much talk about the gods um in it but i, I want to say that there was but like you said like nothing really came out of it you know what i mean like there wasn't anything like that showed that it worked and mm-hmm. then you go into um say like the last kingdom where you have characters like uh story but- you know, who is clearly like a, a seer. He dabbles with, you know, the runes and things like that. And there's certain things, you know, that he does that have an impact, you know, seasons later, you know. So it's like, it shows like the magic of paganism and everything like that working, like you were saying, essentially. And then going into um, barbarians, you know, some of the, like the offerings and things that they made in that, throughout that show, like they, it gave me chills because of how how much they put into making it feel as real as possible and showing you know the results of what they ended up doing either working or having some sort of effect later on and yeah I 100% agree I think it I think it might have something to do with you know that that lack of fear of criticism from the church because I mean obviously it was you know early 90s, like 90s, early 2000s, like a lot of people were still very much, you know, paganism was a taboo or was a, a new, you know, the new age movement kind of thing was going on and people were like, okay, cool. It's a slightly different phase. A lot of it was Christian influence. Um, whereas now you're getting more individuals that have been practicing it and, you know, in secret and finding the, you know, more accurate texts some more accurate books, uh, writings practices you know and they're coming out a lot more with their own books and their own um you know things like youtube channels and podcasts and etc and using the technology that we have today to spread that knowledge without that fear of persecution so much anymore especially a lot of it being in europe a lot of paganism that i've i remember seeing an article about it a couple of years ago um where Christianity is was becoming the lowest and least practiced religion in a lot of European countries, which is insane because you look at some of the massive, beautiful cathedrals and churches that were built, you know, by the church and everything like that, that have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And now it's, you know, now they are just nothing but landmarks to most people, you know, historical landmarks. I think I remember, was, that, was it a video you watched? Because I believe so. I watched a video on that and they were talking about how like a church got turned into like a skating hall or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, cr- it's very interesting to see. Yeah, so it, it it's slowly coming this way to the States. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see, you know, a lot of European countries going back to their original roots of where like their ancestors came from, you know. And obviously like with the modernization of the world like obviously you have peoples from all sorts of different cultures and religions and backgrounds mixing together but it's it is interesting to see that those who you know are of like old european descent that have stayed in europe are going back to their ancestral roots and bringing back these forms of paganism because it, it, again it's just that a lack of fear of the church there's they're finding more purpose in something that is it either makes more sense to them or it seems more real to them. Like there's more tangible um, aspects, I feel, of paganism because, you know, it is essentially a respecting the land, worshiping nature and everything like that. So like, I mean, I can go outside and there's nature. You know what I mean? Like I have a tree in my front yard. I can go, you know, do something with that tree and it'd be there. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's I think that a little bit more of that physical, real um, aspect of paganism that, is drawing a lot of people to it as well as compared to you read you know you read the bible it's very structured and then you you know essentially you pray to a god that exists you know like question mark you know what i mean like it, it, again like yes the gods for us i feel like have a, a little bit more of an impact because they are so nature based so it's easier to see something and feel something that makes sense. I couldn't imagine praying slash talking to a deity without an offering anymore. To me, that doesn't even make sense where it's like, like last night I sat down at my altar for like a few minutes 
And I felt bad for not having an offering. And it's like, it's weird to not have that communion, that sharing of gifts. And to me, it's like, I feel like you're really missing out on something connecting to the divine if you don't have that, that offering, that, that friendship. Exactly. And I like, just from my, you know, my brief experience with um, Christianity, you know, as growing up, the closest thing I would say that you would have to that in mainly Catholicism is you have, you know, uh, you have communion, you know, you got the bread as the body, the wine as the blood, you know, that of Christ, like that's, that's the closest thing to an offering, I feel like, that our resident has. preacher really wants to say stuff. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you talk, Ian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, before like, you before you come in here, like, oh, yeah, I, well, know. I mean, oh, I know. <laughs> no, like, I, mean, I do know. Like, uh, just like as far as like fear from the church, just just to like give a little background. Like, think about the '90s, uh, because the church is so prominent. Magic, uh, Magic the Gathering. They edited cards because of the church. Uh, so did Yu-Gi-Oh! For those of you who play Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Exodia the Forbidden One, it, it was changed to a circle in America, but overseas and everywhere else, he was like on a pentagram, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and then you have D&D and just like, yeah, you see from the 90s, and like uh, late 80s, early 90s, where now is it, it's, nobody really cares about offending the Christians anymore. Um, and yeah, I like guess it's, it's, it's different as far as worshiping the gods and stuff, because like I was a preacher and stuff, I, I have connected with the gods and my past is still chained to that and where I came from. You know, I've talked with a few others in the community about where I'm at right now. And that's why I've, I've took on the name Athelstan from the Vikings TV show, because I can relate to him because for, for everyone's like, why is he so finicky? Why is he like, Oh, I love Odin, but I also love Jesus. Like it's because you're conflicted with your spiritual self and it's, it, you're, you're in two places at once, essentially with your spirituality. And like, I, we can do a whole episode on that because it is wild and it is, it is a challenge. Um, so one thing I was going to bring up is um, like the real world, you know, thing where it's like Viking media would not exist without interest. If people weren't interested in it, they would not produce it. If people didn't want a game about Vikings, if they, people didn't want a game about giving offerings to the gods, the producers would not make it because money is everything. I don't care mm -hmm. how much spirituality we talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they're doing everything they're doing because it makes money. And yes, we don't want to talk about how like corporate, we don't want this religion to become corporate by any means. We don't no. want all this not money to be tied into it. However, money speaks. And right now, looking at the pagan world, the pagan world is on fire with popularity. Um, you know, I was going to share a little bit of my analytics here just from my YouTube alone. So two weeks ago, I was averaging, if I was not posting videos, I was averaging, averaging 1300 views a day, which is pretty good. Um, but now with the uh, uptake, I mean, my daily practices as a Norse pagan really took off. Very happy that videos become so popular. However, I can tell from Barbarians coming out and the pre-Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm averaging 5000 views a day hmm. right now. And oh, it, yeah, and it's probably going to go out even more when oh, yeah. a hollow finally releases on what two days? Wednesday, I think. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday the 10th. I know it was the 10th of, the, of this month. I have it downloaded already, so I'm just waiting for me to be able to click it and play it. Um, and before I was getting, I think, 30 to 40 subscribers a day, and now I'm averaging 180 to 200 subscribers a day. Yeah. And <laughs> I think insane. a lot of it too is, uh, yeah, that is insane, but a lot of it too is COVID. Like, like remember when we had, uh, Jason on here with uh, Wander Nudisil in the Lost Podcast. He was talking about how you're stuck at home right now. You can only stay inside consuming so much media for so long before you just say, screw it. I'm going outside, even if it's in my yard and you're outside and you're finally connecting to nature at one point and then it's like it all clicks inside you. Like there is something different. There's something more to being out here in nature than it is when I'm sitting there watching marvel disney plus netflix whatever it is you're trying to consume and that's what i think a lot of it is too i think for the first time in our modern history people are finally sick of social media and our media world i think we're finally we've over consumed it and we've also become you know sickened by how how richly sweet it is and how pampered up it is so i do think people are really starting to seek more real experiences um, and I think that's why personally, I'm not like, I'm looking forward to playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but to actually sit down and review it is a very daunting task because I haven't sat down to play a video game for an extended period of time in a long time. 
And partly because I really do seek real experiences now, because after attending so many gatherings, after having so many real experiences with pagans, these, these you know, experiences online, experience virtually just don't do it anymore. And once you start feeling, once you go out and feel your first nature spirit or you give your first offering in the field of gods, nothing's quite the same after that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, Jacob, because like, especially it was pretty much like shortly after joining the Discord and, and really Everything talking to other so people. Quickly. Yeah, like talking to, you know, all these people and connecting with a lot of people and learning so much and then finding different paths that were laid out before me and finally having, you know, people that knew or had a strong idea of what that path was. Like, like you said, you know, I haven't actively picked up like my Xbox to play a game in like four or five months, realistically. Like this will be the first time like I pick it up again to actually sit down and play something, you know, mainly because I do want to see, it's more out of curiosity so much than than the entertainment part of it, you know, where I want to see like how accurate were they with, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and see how, you know, accurate they are with like the, the culture, the, you know, the practice of the religion, um, the historical aspect of it. It's, it's interesting to look back at that compared to, you know, me say like three years ago, you know, where I was like, oh, cool, a new game is coming out. Let me get it, play it, you know, for way too long of a time, you know, to an unhealthy point, you know, and I, again, I agree. yeah, exactly. Things <laughs> like that, where, you know, you put hours and hours into it. I just don't have an interest because now I'm, I'm finding myself reading more and doing more research and going outside a lot more. Like I've always been an outdoorsy person, but I'm definitely finding myself having a renewed, um, interest you know, interest and outlook on everything you know i don't just necessarily look at something say like a tree and be like oh cool that's a tree you know it's a you know it could be a beautiful tree but now it's like i you know there's a different connection to it there's a deeper connection to a lot of nature and everything like that like i honestly i find it really frustrating to like stay indoors you know a lot more um yeah that's why if i'm ever gonna kidnap you you know i'm just gonna lock you up in a room <laughs> yeah so like it, it when i let my dogs outside you know like granted i don't have a relatively big yard and i don't have you know a bunch of trees to look at or like you know like what you have jacob outside your place you know you have plenty of major trees unfortunately i have an elementary school parking lot right there but i mean it's enough for me to just sit outside and just listen to birds and the wind and thing like things like that and just enjoy it you know for what i at least have you know and then obviously i go to um I frequent the Polidoro Canyons in Canyon, Texas. And do they let you have that mustache right next to an elementary school? <laughs> I didn't even say it. I didn't want to say it. I thought it, but I didn't want yes. to say it. Yes, but I also do. I was gonna say, like, yeah, you, you have no other choice here but to sit outside because everybody in the Discord and anybody that knows you knows you can't start fires. So <laughs> but yeah, it, it, you know, that that canyon that I've I've started to frequent, you know, has become you know, my special nature place, you know, a lot of people that have the luxury of being able to go and find a space outside, you know, they, they have like their spot and that is becoming my spot. Granted, it's about a two hour drive for me, but it's, it, it's worth it every time. You know, I don't dread getting up early to make that two hour drive right when that, that park opens and everything, when the Canyon opens, you know, I bought the park pass, you know, for the state of Texas so that I can just, Told you, you, you know, reserve it. it. First time. Yeah. But, you know, so that I can reserve it without necessarily having to pay anything and I can just get up and go any, you know, any weekend I want or any day that I want. So it is it is interesting to see that that gradual change in how people are looking at a lot of things. If you would have told me two years ago that, like, I would be hugging trees and feeling something, I wouldn't have believed you. And now, <laughs> like, the last time I was like, I'm just going to hug a tree. I really need it. And I hugged it. I'm like, oh, wow, this feels really nice. Right. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I, I'm that's what I'm thankful. I, I work in the logging industry, so I'm around no civilization ever. I, I go out every day in the middle of nowhere and, and I'm just surrounded by nothing but nature. Yeah, and kind of like what you were saying, Charles, like it being away from civilization. Um, like I've always been kind of a, I don't want to say necessarily a hermit, but I've always had like a relatively big disdain and dislike of being in big cities and around a lot of people that for what that I just don't know you know what I mean like I, I grew up in a smaller town in Minnesota where there was you know my graduating class was like 64 or something like that and I'm 32 for me like I'm used to being outside I'm used to being able to 
you know, not have a big city necessarily near me. And now that I'm, I'm, you know, deep into practicing Norse paganism, like it's, that's gotten, I don't want to say worse, but it's gotten more intense on my like disdain for being near a big city. And I read like my, my group of people that I would like to be around has shrunk quite a bit, you know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to see, you know, it's like when I go out to the grocery store, I'm just like, I, I, don't take my time with it anymore. Like I go in with a set plan of like, okay, I need to go here, 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 grab these things and get out because I can't stand being around, you know, normies as we like to call them in, the, in the discord. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't deal with it. I absolutely hate it. You know, I, it, it's interesting to see kind of how it changes your aspect on a lot of things. Um, yeah, like I just can't, I can't do it. I can't stand I just, it, you know? The one thing I want to comment, Ian, is I think Mahalo will do a better job than uh, God of War. Mm. yeah i mean like i was saying yesterday in the patreon live stream it's just like it's really hard to say that god of war is a good pagan you know video game pagan media just because the entire goal of that game is to kill the gods so like i don't even i don't even like recommend it like yes it has some beautiful artwork it has some beautiful scenery uh and the game great gameplay great gameplay i mean that game is hard <laughs> as sin too i mean that it's i love so hard. that well i see you're talking to somebody who played god of war one like from on the playstation 2 uh like my mom bought me all of them when i was a teenager like a 14 15 and i played them all all the way up to the newest one so kratos is essentially one of my favorite video game characters and i love it like now, the, now he's the all gameplay. grumpy I know he's like me, old and grumpy. The beard does wonders for him, though. It does, and it's it's weird knowing that he has a son. You know, and if you've played the other games, I mean, you know why that's weird. I'm not gonna um, spoil it. The one thing I really loved uh, that they did was uh, Mimir. I love Mimir's character in God of yes. War. Yes, it's isn't it the same voice actor for that uh, the sidekick from how to train your dragon not like the the right hand man of the chieftain i've never seen that movie you it's a great movie i don't like i, like I don't movie. like animated movies <laughs> that hurt my heart i'm a big yeah, anime I'm, guy i'm shaking my head because actually surprisingly like how to train your how to train your dragon like since we are on the topic of media it's technically viking i mean they, yeah, they it are is. scandinavian it is, yeah, it does have a slight little touch of, you know, not when say Norse paganism, but this one has like that, that Norse Viking kind of aspect of it to a degree. It's obviously very, very small. One of the main villains is named Ivar. So, I mean, you have that. I think his name Ivar. It may not be. It's been a while. Give it a watch, Jacob. You'll like it. It's, it's an adorable movie. I mean, now, like, uh, I haven't seen Brave either, but I know Brave is really good for like the Celtic side of things. Mm-hmm. and the the scottish side as far as like the mysticism aspects a little bit um but it's interesting that our children are also getting involved a little bit with paganism and nature at least nature veneration a little bit with those kinds mm-hmm. of movies i'm only judging you a lot with the brave thing as my go-to like feel-good movie I'm just throwing that out there Alistair yeah. duncan I'm... is the name of uh mimir in god of war i mean i've seen like I've seen Finding Nemo, you know, I've seen Up, you know, what more do you want than that? I cried during Up, I have feelings. Uh, well, let's talk about, look. what's the paganism behind Up? Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody but does. Not, just, yeah, I mean, Up was a great movie. It, it is very touching in a lot of spots. But, that, is a, that is a good point, though, that you brought up, Jacob, about how, like, about how Up is pagan. <laughs> No, no, no. The, the statement before. The statement yep, before definitely, totally. Yes, 100%. No, the statement before where you were saying how it's interesting to see how, you know, our children are starting to get exposed to essentially like slight forms of paganism. Like you have, like you said, like Brave, it has a, it focuses super hard on, like you said, the Celtic, Scottish aspect of, you know, respecting nature and, and the kind of the mysticism to what nature can potentially unleash and bring and things like that. Because, it, you know, you have, uh, you look at, I would say a lot of the children's movies, I would say from like the mid 2000s to, you know, a little bit, you know, say like the five years after that to like early 2010s, like 12, something like that. And a lot of it was just kind of 
it was just goofy, you know, like it was just uh, to entertain and that was it. It wasn't, it didn't have any sort of real aspect of kind of opening your mind to looking at things differently. I mean, like it doesn't kind of, it doesn't focus on, you know, opening up to questioning certain things. It was just a movie to entertain you. And that was it with some cute characters with some funny mood, like moments and funny voices and things like that. Like it was strictly designed to just entertain. Whereas like, so like with Brave, it has like that iteration of, of the, the magic and wonder that nature can bring. And it has a lot of like, you know, it has some nuances to Celtic paganism and paganism as, as a whole. Brave was so. really good. So here's your fun fact for the day or trivia for the day. What other movie was, uh, well, what other media outlet was Crawford involved in? The one in The Last Kingdom? Nope. Hmm. I remember him saying It was an animated movie. movie. It, it, I don't think it was How to Dragon. Frozen. Frozen. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, the other, other TV that. show he was on was American Gods Season 2. He was the... Yeah. Which Ameri um, American Gods is a great, you know, source... Um, yeah, you know, like we didn't even paganism. talk about that. Like, yeah, we didn't even talk about American I, Gods. That's like, one of my that favorite was, books, honestly. Oh, I haven't read the books, but I've watched the TV show, and Mr. Wednesday is by far my favorite, one of my favorite characters. Uh, I have the, the actor either. who plays him does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. I have neither read nor watched. The book is yeah. far superior to the show. I mean, I don't oh, say, I imagine I, the book is. I always... say that coming from a guy that prefers like the Lord of the Rings movies over the books. Like, sorry, sorry, not sorry, kind Oof. of thing. You you just you just lost several downloads. Okay, right look. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I love the but movies because they're a cinematic masterpiece. That's why. Because oh, they they are three best movies. Oh, and uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Aragorn, wherever he breaks his foot when he kicks the helmet oh. and he keeps oh, yeah. acting like that was beautifully done. Cinematic um, masterpieces. Um, yeah, books not the. I mean, they're great books, but not like the, the, they're not masterpiece books in my opinion because they're very dry. But Lord of the Rings movies, Tolkien isn't. Tolkien's just Hobbit, a really good linguist. The Hobbit is my one of my favorite books, and I hated the Hobbit movies, so for obvious reasons. But <laughs> the American Gods book goes into a lot of details and spends a lot of times with. I wanted to get more into. Uh, I mean, it was it was amazing. It was actually one the brief stint I Ubered. It was my Uber book, and when I was waiting for to give rides to people, I had that in my uh, my glove compartment. I would read it. <laughs> Fun fact for y'all: I Ubered for a bit, and that was great. And I was a Norse pagan at the time, so people would ask like why I was wearing a Mjolnir, and I'm like, because I'm a Norse pagan. I got some weird conversations in that Uber. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to check out the books. I probably will. Uh, a fun fact, though, since we're on the topic of Viking media, without I don't remember the name of the cartoon, but there, like you were saying, there's a Viking cartoon that aired back in the 70s or 80s, and an author, a manga creator by the name of Ichiro Oda watched it and that was his inspiration for what is now known as one piece interesting what's the what's the anime or manga or anime about the vikings is it something saga oh uh, you have like, vinland saga, uh, yeah, saga I, yeah. i've i've watched like one or two episodes of it i haven't really done deep dive in it i want more of an anime like blood zeus where it actually discusses the mythos like some of the myth different mythologies and builds a story out of it i would love that but yeah, no, uh, I forget the name of the Viking cartoon, but that's what inspired Oda to write One Piece and design Luffy. So without the Vikings doing what they did and somebody making a cartoon of it, I wouldn't have One Piece. Uh, Vicky the Viking? Maybe. That's the only thing I popped up when I uh, Googled 1980s Viking cartoon. It might have been Vicky the Viking. Yeah, I, but... it, it is interesting to see like that aspect of like different like smaller forms of media kind of kick in and then you know give inspiration to other things and have like a spot for people to go back into to like reference or look at and like build their own thing off of it um well gentlemen we are crossing over the hour mark so we can probably go ahead and start wrapping this up unless we want to say anything else moving into assassin's creed valhalla um otherwise uh, no i mean well the only thing i've seen like I, like both of you is the trailers i hope it's not negative like they're just barbarian brutes want to murder everybody and it didn't look like they portrayed it that way from the trailers but we shall see certainly will be a lot of murder though <laughs> oh definitely oh like the weapons thing with the two shields and like the oh, different thing like i've seen that like that was I'm, I'm using two axes dude like i'm going berserk like let's do this sure do you go on ps5 or xbox uh probably ps5 if i can get one dude like 
I started watching the reviews. That that thing is huge. Well, the Xbox? No, the PS4, the... PS5. That thing is massive. Have you seen the Xbox one? It's, the PS5 it's, is it's taller. A... Is it really? I, it's it's almost the... twice as tall as the Xbox. I, I didn't see. That I, thing I is haven't like looked that, that tall, dude. Is massive. I mean, it's, they're basically becoming, dude. They're basically becoming PCs at this point. Like you could almost go and uh, buy a PC and you do the same thing. But I hate playing with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I'm probably and, going. I'm probably going PS5 only because I. Well, okay, yeah. So while we're closing this out, so my review for Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be out at probably Monday of next week. Um, as I, I'm going to play 40 hours at least. So starting Tuesday, playing eight hours a day all the way up through Saturday. And then Saturday, Sunday, do the edits for it. Uh, my Gould review will be coming out Monday. Not only will it be coming out on the Wisdom of Odin YouTube channel, it will also be coming out on a new website I'm going to be a part of. Um, as soon as I can talk more about it, I will. But that should be releasing by the end of the month. And I will be doing Norse Pagan themed video game reviews on that website for at least the next six months. Um, I'll be doing one review a month. Uh, I'll definitely be doing God of War. I'll be doing Crusader Kings 3, um, along with any other pagan-related game like Hellblade 2 or Hellblade 1. So um, I will give more information as soon as that is ready, but it's going to be an amazing website. Um, the entire website is built by uh, heathens, also true Norse pagans, and it's built for heathens, also true Norse pagans. Um, so everyone involved is into the faith. It's a really great, it's going to be a really great resource, but also it's going to be uh, a place you can find me. Also a place you can find all the Wisdom of Odin videos as well. They will still be available on YouTube, but they will be also on this website. Um, that way they are preserved in case YouTube decides they don't like me anymore. Um, you should just go to Twitch and just live stream the game, Jacob. Wheels are turning and it's had yeah. the, the Wisdom of Odin Twitch page and then just play nothing <laughs> like Crusaders King 3, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, all these other Baldur's Gate. Uh, I just don't know if I'm ready for another, like, another thing. Like the podcast was like a new thing for this quadrant of the year. Plus, I got the... well. There you go, twenty twenty one. Everyone, the whistle voting Twitch. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> here first. No, I'm not, the wisdom of Odin only fans. All right, cool. Everyone, let's. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me posing with a bunch of random like pagan stuff. Pagan stuff, or your your infamous painting. That you gotta do all your poses in front of your painting. That's in the video. Yeah, that one right there. Yeah, the the food skillet. All right. Well, everyone, we're going to start ending out this episode. Thank you both for being here because we don't have a guest. So, guys, go ahead and say goodbye. We never, I never say the ass out of you. Say, say goodbye, guys. Thank you for uh, listening to this rambling. I hope you enjoy it. I hope Assassin's Creed Valhalla fulfills everything that we wanted to and more. And for anybody who follow, finds this podcast after the fact, uh, maybe welcome to the fold. Yeah. Again, yeah. Thank you, everybody who does who does subscribe and listen to us. Um, and just kind of a, a shameless plug, big shout out to everybody that has followed me on Instagram. I just did recently hit 500 subs, uh, followers. At Desert so, Pagan. Yep, at Desert <laughs> Pagan on Instagram. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate all the love and everything that has been shown on, you know, for Jacob, for his YouTube and the Instagram, for the podcast and my own, you know, Instagram and everything like that. So, yeah. Man, do we have a lot of gatherings coming up though? Holy crap. Yes, yeah, we talked about it on this recording, but man, we got like six Yule gatherings going on this year. Mm -hmm. I'm crazy. trying to hit two. Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point now where we're having a gathering going on every weekend up through January. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> With the Kentucky yeah. one being the biggest at 65 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can't wait to see. I mean, it's going to keep growing from here. We can only go up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, oh man, just imagine Yule next year, dude. We'll be having like six gatherings of 100 people. That's just uh, I'm telling you, you're gonna have to get ready, Jacob, because one one day Texas is gonna have five gatherings going off at once. Oh, I almost guarantee it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, shoot, uh, Kentucky's probably gonna have. I mean, Kentucky itself can just have its own gathering at this point. Ohio can probably have its own gathering. Indiana, Oklahoma is almost like that too. They have almost more people than Texas does. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Oh, anyway, anyways, we gotta end this episode, guys. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining this Folk Podcast episode. If you ever want to be on the Folk Podcast, please email the Folk Podcast at Folk <laughs> If you want to be on the Folk Podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. Um, this episode is brought to you by Coca-Cola. Uh, please give us money. Mm. You mentioned your name. I don't drink Coca-Cola because I don't drink soda, but yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. Until the whole, until the next episode, let's go. Oh. Let's go. Late, Ian.